All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. I hate to break the fishing news after Ram Chuck, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations, you're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for like an orgasm. Might want to mark that down. Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Welcome in episode 179 of the Real Life Podcast. I'm Tyler Ramchuk. No Chalmers this week. So if you're a diehard Chalmers fan, I'm sorry to break that news to you right off the start of the podcast, but Bag Milk's here, Wanye's back, Jay is in as well. Um, There's a lot we were getting to. You guys said, right before we started actually recording, you mentioned a bit of a celebrity follow-back you got on Instagram, Bag Milk. I got something. Earlier this week, or over the weekend, Gaetan Haas accepted my follow request. He has a private account. So I am in with my boy Gaetan Haas now, which is very, you very exciting You can't hate him anymore now, you're in, Chuck. You're boys. Man, I love Gaetan Haas. He's probably my favorite oiler this year. Um, Interesting. One of those oilers that five years from now, you're probably going to look back and be like, holy shit, do you remember Gaetan Haas? Um, and that's actually a topic we're going to get to a little bit later in the podcast. Uh, but Bag Milk, you mentioned a funny celebrity following. Yeah, Chris Pronger and his wife have a travel company of some kind, and they follow me on Instagram. Shameful. Yeah. You should yeah, block them. Well inspired adventures or something like that. What's it You've called? Made it inspired a... ventures? Uh-huh. Something like that. It's I don't horrible. Know. Everybody should go look, make a, a disgusted noise, like, and then not follow. It's like a re- they do really pretentious looking trips as well. It's it's actually quite funny to follow along with. It's like we and they're, they're, they're like photos in resorts always. Like, we were at the sunset dinner last night and my wife beat the waiter to death with her shoe because he dared look her in the eye while filling her champagne flute. 
This yeah, there's a lot of that. There's posters everywhere. Do you still really yeah. hate Chris Pronger, Wanya? I hate Lauren Pronger. Okay. <laughs> Chris Pronger was exactly who we thought he'd be, wasn't he, Jim? Oh, he was magic on it. He was everything we needed him to be until his wife wasn't cool. Whoa. Yeah, I'm not I'm looking at their uh their Instagram feed right now. It looks like yesterday they provided thirty three good habits to start while you're working from home. So not only are they traveling, how are the comments to that type of shit? Are people here for it or are they not wanting to hear this stuff? There is one comment and it just says great list. Yeah. Classic. I love your gallery. Let's do a collab. DM yeah. me. Let's flip yeah. some money. Yeah. I laughed, Jay, the other day when you when you were talking to the guy, who wants to be the first millionaire in their family or whatever it is? <laughs> yeah. I think that's the play now. Rather than delete them, is like oh, really engage. warmly like, thank you very much. What type of opportunity are you looking for? Engage them. The bots are out. I start- the bots are out in full. Like, I have, a, I have a small Instagram account for Frank. Like it's mostly to be honest for my mom. She loves seeing pictures of Frank. So I have an Instagram account for him and nonstop daily. I get multiple bots DMing being like, I have got an opportunity for you and your dog. So I have replied to a couple of them before. And basically they just want to give you a promo code to shop at their online store. Really? That's always the play now though. Every, every celebrity is just pushing promo codes. Maybe that's something Frank could start doing, start paying some of the bills. Maybe. But you wouldn't want to know from Lauren Pronger and Co. What sleeping position is the best for you? I really don't. That's so easy. I already said a mean thing about Lauren not being cool, and your Remchuk went, "Whoa!" I can't even touch that joke. Actually, I went whoa because I saw Chris Chalmers pop up in the podcast after I started the show by telling all the listeners that if they're fans of Chalmers, you're going to be disappointed because he's not here. He comes through <laughs> for the people. I'm a huge fan of Chalmers. It's a house party popping. <laughs> uh, yeah, this, that was a. I uh, I just left, man. I just left where it was. I had enough. So, come here. <laughs> you scoundrel. Uh, Please expand. I was in a meeting. Didn't want to be in anymore. And you I said, wasn't liking the answers I was getting, so I left. And you said, yeah, guys, amen. I got to go record a podcast in my truck. I'm out. <laughs> I just said, guys, <laughs> said, guys, you guys figure this out. And when I get back, um, it better be better than it is right now. Holy fuck. Now I'm sitting in my office, the place where I used to smoke cigarettes when I would feel like this. Um, but I can't. So now I just sit here. And <laughs> now I'll talk to you guys. You sit here and stew in your anger and do a podcast. Pretty much. How are you guys doing? Hey, what were you guys oh. talking about? Somebody traveling and then what the mentions were like, what the, what the comment section was like. Are you saying you're not well-versed with well-inspired travels? Luxury travel by Lauren and Chris Pronger? Curating travel for elite athletes and friends? Oh, no. <laughs> they're doing this right now? Always. <laughs> Absolutely. That is, that is where they're at, buddy. I see. Is that, kind of like a, is that kind of like a deal where they own properties and then... You go stay at them, or they? No, I think it's more up. like they just go around traveling and write it off by doing some nominal blog work. They're lifestyle bloggers, and since they can't travel right now, Chalmers, you might be interested in their video that went up on April twenty first called "How They Take a Beautiful Bath." What? God, and where is it filmed? Is it hold Lord underwater until she stops thrashing? Sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's two thousand six <laughs> talking. 
Oh, mercy. Imagine Lauren Pronger had never been born. Chris Pronger would still have been an oiler, and he would have remained an oiler. Yeah, we might not have gotten Connor, though. Mm-hmm. Ah. Oh, valid. Maybe, maybe we owe, maybe we owe Lauren Pronger a thank you. Might be the best Suddenly, thing that ever happened to us. Lauren Pronger delivered Connor into our lap. This is the butterfly effect, boys. That's why we can't have time travel. It's too fucking complicated. <laughs> yeah. In um, the meantime, you can watch a video on well-inspired travels. Uh, everything the Pronger family is watching until they're able to travel again. Bag milk, you should go oh on I'd like Lauren to have to watch the game fucking one of the Stanley Cup finals where a stupid husband scored the penalty shot, pumped his arm, 20-something Wanye, pre-committed to a Stanley Cup tattoo, you bitch. Bag milk, you should Ugh. go on their site and go through the process and try to book a trip to Edmonton through her. Ooh, <laughs> a luxe trip to Edmonton. Or hit them uh, up and be like, do you day. want to sponsor our podcast? Yes, yes. Uh, they I don't understand what these two are doing. Okay, so you can book trips through them? I, I don't know. And then oh. you call Lauren Pronger and you go, hey, Lauren, why would you have I, made Chris leave Edmonton after 2006? And then you yell at her <laughs> until she hangs up. And then you email them your Venmo and you pay for your trip. <laughs> so basically from what I can tell here is I tried to click the book a trip tab on their website. And uh, all that pops up is a contact me form. So maybe you just kind of tell her where you want to go. And, she and then she it. books it through Expedia for you, maybe. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> That's all it is. She's but, a middleman of the middleman. Platinum. Expedia Platinum. Yeah. This is your classic vanity project for a woman who is so busily employed ruining our city. <laughs> oh. Very angry today, Wanye, which is Buddy, uh, it's good, just Lauren Pronger in just 2006. These are my two buzzwords. Well, I'll change the fair. topic then. Uh, something interesting that just came up as we started recording. Uh, TSN's Ryan Rashog tweeted out some potential tweaks to the NHL game from a medical expert that would allow play during a pandemic. Rashog says he had a conversation with an infectious disease specialist about ways <laughs> to reduce the risk of the virus during play. What is sports reporting? <laughs> exactly. But okay, here are the ideas. I want, I want you guys to let me know what you think of these. One, all players must wear full face shields, potentially even modified to reduce the spread of droplets of sweat. Uh, No fighting allowed. They would tell players, this one's hilarious. No scrums after whistles, so linesmen don't have to break anything up. Coaches Mm -hmm. would be social distanced on the bench and wearing face masks. And on face-offs, all wingers (laughs) would have to stay two feet apart instead of crossing sticks. And they would say no spitting. I would rather not have hockey than watch that. So basically, <laughs> yeah. what they're basically what they're trying to institute is slot hockey, but a real life version. What did you say? What slot hockey? Oh, that's that not what I heard. <laughs> that's that's part of my OnlyFans account. You can uh, subscribe anywhere. That's slot hockey. Mm-hmm. Best eight dollars a month I've ever spent. Bag milk. I'll tell you that. First of all, so Ryan Rashog just talked to my auntie, my auntie Karen. Apparently, she's a disease. <laughs> She's an infectious disease specialist as well. All For sudden. real? No. Just now she is. Everybody's a fucking infectious oh, disease it. specialist. So he's, you're telling me that <laughs> you're going to modify, you know, the bubbles that guys wear, like full bubbles yeah. On, yeah. on their mask? You can't modify that anymore. You cover that up anymore and dudes ain't breathing. Um, so I don't know. Or they won't be able to gonna, see. 
That's well, true. You, know, that's you, got to modify, you got to modify hockey to the point where it's not hockey at all. Mm-hmm. And then you can bring hockey back. Or maybe we get such huge innovations in helmet technology to keep germs out of players' helmets in all pro sports. And they all wear weird Daft Punk-type helmets around. And finally, they solve concussions. Can you yeah, imagine watching a playoff game with no, like, there's no way. You wouldn't get a heated hockey game where as soon as the whistle goes, all the players are like, all right, six feet apart, everyone. Everyone, fuck off. Get away from me. Well, 90% of the yeah, hockey games totally- we've watched in the last decade weren't heated, so that'll be all right. We'll be all right. It doesn't matter. There's still tons of scrums. It seems like after every single little thing that happens, yeah. there's a scrum. And if guys don't have to have yeah. scrums anymore, imagine some of the shit they'll try to get away with. And then those masks, They'll be so foggy. I don't care what anti-fog spray somebody comes up with. There's just no way. This is, and coaches are going to be standing with masks, trying to yell at players with masks, getting fumed. And uh, If no, one, no. God forbid, if they brought this shit back and one professional athlete passed away, the repercussions through the professional athlete community would be so severe, nobody would return. Yeah. Maybe they could uh, consult our friends at Well Inspired Travels and their list of nine products for germaphobes to bring on every trip. There you go. Yeah. Is that seriously a thing? You know bubble hockey, Chalmers? (laughs) Of course. This is what we need to do. We need to play real-life fucking bubble hockey. And so you can go to the game, but there's a bubble around all the players. I'd watch that. Yeah, but it's not about it's that. But it's about how, how do you keep the players safe from each other? That's yeah. a whole different uh, uh, like quarantining them all together. You've just got to create time. the bubble. You need the bubble. You can't this have all a, this, this was, fucking this shit. Is what guys, Daft Punk helmets, man. Nah, nah. This is what guys tried to tried to figure out in baseball. There was a couple couple different scenarios in baseball, and it was like doing basically a biodome in Southern Phoenix, and it's like basically putting everybody in there, all 30 teams, plus trainers, plus coaches, plus officials, probably no media, but, and then just having like a season where they all play like at all these different, you'd be shocked at how many diamonds there are in like Phoenix alone. So they could play literally a season, um, all being in the same spot. That's quarantining them away from each other like keeping them all together and not allowing new people into that that door. yeah that's so that's the only way it works and the only reason it wouldn't work in the, because they they talked to a number of players is they just they had to be away from their like families and shit for like four months it was just them that could go not their wives and kids like just them mm-hmm. to that's me, the only way so putting go ahead to me if, if you're gonna have to put in all like if wingers have to spend stand two feet apart on the face-offs and all this stuff, and everyone has to wear full face shields, and there's no scrums after the whistle, and there's penalties if you go into a scrum. Like, if if we really need to stretch it that far, then let's just scrap the fucking thing, right? Yeah, yeah, 100%. No. I Is anyone going to fight me on that? No. Well, no, if, if that's what it has to be, then absolutely not. Yeah, I'm not allowed fight. to fight It's you. all been canceled. Uh, this, I can't see you with my bubble on, but... The second did, part did, of this... Did you guys... Go ahead, sorry. No, no, you go ahead, Drummers, because I was going to change the topic. Well, I was too. I was going to change it to the UFC this weekend. Did anybody watch that? Not really. It was fantastic. Oh. It was so good. And I don't know if you knew this, but like on Thursday, 
So they, there was a whole bunch of shit about even that they shouldn't be going on with this. Didn't matter. UFC was doing it anyway. On Thursday or Wednesday, even one of the fighters got the one of the fighters tested positive for coronavirus. Could have shut the whole thing down. They didn't. They just threw out that fight and they kept going. And it was fantastic. Exact same shit. The best part about it was that the guys they didn't feed off the crowd, and therefore, because they were the only ones in the ring, and this was like there was more respect in the fight. Like nobody was disrespectful to each other, right? Like after every round, no matter how bad you were getting beat, they seemed to want to touch gloves and stuff. But the fights were as good as could possibly be. The crowd was just blocked out, so you couldn't see anything. So it didn't even matter. You, didn't, you know, but you could hear everything in the arena. You could hear every conversation everybody had. And it was so good. Chalmers, I, I was reading about it a little bit on Twitter the other day, and some of the people that are UFC fans were talking about how the fights actually seemed more brutal than normal because you could actually hear a punch land without any crowd noise kind of muffling it. Jesus Christ, that's gross. When you heard, so in the in one of the main events, well, there was like a lot of main events. It was weird. This was a stacked card. But in one of the fights, they were the heavyweights. And these guys were like 6'5", and one was 6'2", about oh. 235 to 250, and the one guy just kept kicking the other guy right behind the knee, and it sounded like somebody was trying to chop down an actual tree, or like, like, I, like it was oh. the loudest kick. Oh, man, it was brutal, but it was like, you could also tell they didn't, them not feeding off the crowd was making the fight less, like, I don't know, intense when... You know how if, if a guy struck a guy with a really good one, the crowd would all go, oh! And then it would force, it, that guy would be like, oh, something, I must have really got him good, and then go after him. Well, if he just kind of hit him, it, it's not like they didn't, I don't know. They seemed like they were a little more reserved and that the crowd uh, could have, you know, could have played a bigger role in getting the fight to be a lot more aggressive. But they were still such good fights. And just the whole atmosphere around it. The card girl just sat in a chair by herself, would get up, walk around the ring, go back and sit in this chair by herself in the middle of, like, nothing. And it was She's just, a real was, hero in all this. It was weird, but it was, like, I mean, I fuck, I was on my bookie. I was betting with people at the house. I, you know, it was awesome. Well, about this, shows you the importance, this just shows you the importance of getting sports back. Because, like, my social media timeline was just flooded with all the love and people caught up in this in, in the fights on Saturday. So it just shows you like how important it is to have this stuff back. I can't wait to see the numbers it did for pay-per-view views. Oh yeah, it was pay-per-view. Oh yeah. Well, oh, so, in the, so the prelims were all on TSN, um, but then the, the the final, I think four fights. There was like eight fights altogether. Four of them were on TSN, and four of them were on pay-per-view. So it was pretty good. You Seventy-five meant- bucks a pop. You mentioned how many people were talking about this, Jay, and and I think that is a bit of an underlying motivation for the four main leagues. And I mean, exclude the NFL, obviously, because their season can't get going right now. Um, But the other three, the first sport back gets all the eyeballs. Like you want to talk about growth of the NHL and growth of hockey. If the NHL is the first thing back, everyone is watching it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a lot of response. That's a lot of responsibility yeah. to be the first one back too. Well, they're having a lot of, of risk, even fo- a lot sorry. of reward. 
Have you well, been following UFC, the Germany? UFC, UFC had a guy have coronavirus two days out from the event. It's not a team And they sport. figured it out, and they still, and the show still went it's on. A lot, it's a lot it's easier sport. to put on one fight, one pay-per-view fight every week or two weeks than, a, than like the last 30 games of a, of a regular season and playoffs. Like, I mean, yeah, sure, the UFC got it up, but the the difficulty level was a lot lower in what they were trying to do. Then what, like, ba- what, what baseball, basketball, and hockey are up against? Because it's those three. Those three are in a race right now. And the one that seems like it's the most, you know, baseball seems like it's going to happen. I mean, I don't think there's a chance baseball doesn't happen. They're, they've got some more time to play with than the NBA and, and the NHL. But I just don't see the NHL coming up before the NBA. And I feel like the NHL, in my personal view, it's like the NHL sitting there waiting for the NBA to tell them how they're going to do it. And then they're just going to be like, hey, We'll do it that way too, or like let us know how you're doing it because I don't know the NHL. I haven't heard a peep from them, not a thing. Yet I hear things about the NBA every second day. So who knows? Because you don't like hockey. Yeah, first of all, Chalmers, it's because you're the biggest NBA fan in the fucking world, and you can't have a fucking second go by without thinking about the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, yeah, they were about to win it. They were about to win a championship this year. You're living. Are they really? I picked a team at random. No, no, no. They, well, they got the best. They got one of the best players in the league. No. <laughs> Did you watch the 60 Minutes on them? No. Yeah, the best no, story about them. I will uh, not. The best story, buddy. You, You'll be a fan, dude. Chalmers. Sports documentaries are the best, and that's a 60 Minutes, so it's even better. Here's what I'm gonna tell you. Chalmers, right what? Well, you love the NBA, so you're super into the NBA. I love sports. I'm not super into the NBA. You love love the NBA. You don't love the Oilers, but you love the NBA. Anyway, neither here nor there. Listen, they were trying to open up the German soccer league, which one, the Bundesliga or some shit. Bundesliga. And it was going to be one of the first ones to come back. And then one team had a bunch of people test, and they had to kick them out of the league, and then the whole thing stopped. Yeah. And the guy in charge of the English Premier League said, reopening may be beyond our capacity. Yeah, that's what I'm watching is the Premier League because they have the most money in play. Oh yeah, well the Korean league's going and it's like, and Korea's kind of opening up and it's not going well. Like if you open up, you have to expect things are going to go. Things are going to progress negatively. That there are going to be more positive tests. But they've you opened, open, opened open up. up like they've got nightclubs yeah. though. Like they're like nightclubs are open. Well, not anymore. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah, well, they yeah. quickly shut. They quickly closed did those you, down. Yep. Hear, did you hear that stat that they say that, that how many people, 400 people, could have been affected by one guy that went to a nightclub? Yeah, he was like bouncing around clubs or something that's, like that. If I had coronavirus, I'd be club hopping too. Shit. But that's my first pro- move would be go Korean right? nightclub hopping if I was let out of my pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> to Seoul. Yeah, but okay, so. Korean baseball going on right now. Like, yeah, I'm sure they're watching that and shit. I'm sure they're doing that. But I just don't, uh, man, I don't know. Let's, let's all say, do we think we see sports before September? Anybody? Oh, uh, well, are you asking my head or are you asking my heart? No, your head. Because I every <laughs> because my heart wanted it back two weeks ago. So I don't give a shit what your heart wants. Everybody wants sports back. What does your head think? Oh, uh, I'm still holding out for hockey in July. I say yes, but it's going to be golf. That, oh, golf will be back. They have that. They have the Peyton Manning, Tom Brady versus Tiger and uh, or Tiger and one of them. I don't know. And and Phil Mickelson thing coming up. Like golf, golf. I think is another kind of easy one. They all fly private in anyways. 
they all get their own hotel rooms anyways. They never touch each other. That's what she said. They never just, touch each other. You don't have the crowd. They're already walking the course. I mean, the broadcast would obviously have to look different because you wouldn't have as many people uh, able to be there, but I think golf could do it. I, yeah. I you could agree. wear a mask easy. When it comes to the four major sports leagues, though, like, so like golf and UFC, I think it's expected that they'll be back sooner than anything else. When it comes to the four Chalmers and if they'll be back before September, I think baseball will. I'd say there's like an 85% chance that baseball comes back and is playing games by July 4th. Uh, with yep. hockey and the NBA, I would honestly say right now it's it's maybe 60-40, like 60% chance that they do play by July. Like there's so much money at stake. Places in the States are slowly starting to reopen. Some local some local governments are starting to become okay with practice facilities open up. We saw it in Toronto. So I'll say there's a better than 50-50 chance, but I wouldn't say it's like a slam dunk at all that, that either hockey or basketball are back by July. I To me, like if I was the NHL, I've always been a proponent of the league starts too late already. If I was the NHL, I would be starting my training camps the last week of August. I'd be starting the regular season by September 15th or 20th, and I'd have my Stanley Cup handed out before June. And I almost wouldn't mind if they took this as an opportunity to sort of reset that clock a little. Cancel this season, start next season in September. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree. I know. I think we'll see baseball. I think we'll see baseball in like June, July. Uh, maybe end of June, July. Football will do fucking everything that is in its power to play. And I... I think that we'll see a season, even to the point where I don't know if any of you guys care about this, but on Thursday they let out the schedule. They released the NFL schedule, and it was a three-hour show on ESPN. Yeah, of course it was. <laughs> it was amazing. And they did, they did what's so funny, because they, they do this, like, win Everybody's record was known by Friday because they go through and it's like, okay, week one, we got Miami versus New England. And, and they're like, oh, that's a win for Miami. And so it's just one of the funniest things in the world because, yeah, three hours on a schedule release. But baseball, June, July, football will come back. I mean, there's too much to lose there. And I just don't see hockey and basketball coming back. this year. Just don't. And whatever they're, whatever, when, when, like base, when, when football comes back, that's when basketball and hockey will be like, Okay, new season. We don't have a championship. Or I still think that they could just straight up like don't. Isn't, isn't it somebody said that they should do like this one month in like September, just play off Stanley Cup and then give them off like October and go straight into the season in November? Is that kind of what you were saying? Yeah, but I don't know why they like. I heard that idea of just bring back like only eight teams or only like four teams, but then you're putting such an asterisk on the Stanley Cup that it's like, oh, huge. Why even fucking I still do take it? it. Yeah, I would yeah, take it as well. It. I'd fucking, I would be parading nude down Jasper Ave. <laughs> yeah, but with a mask on, I would hope, good sir. If it's the top I'd eight, that on on it. my, I'd tattoo what that le- asterisk on me. What <laughs> level do you think? Does, does, does anybody know of the level that managers and coaches are going to to check in with all twenty whatever on the on an NHL roster on like how dudes are doing, like how they're keeping healthy, like if they're how guys are. Oh yeah. I bet you on the regular. Have we heard anything about this? Like nothing on it. Oh, like, well, uh, I mean, I mean, this was a while ago now, but when Dave Tippett did his, uh, his conference call 
uh, through Zoom. This was about a month ago or so. He talked about checking in with guys on a weekly basis. So they are checking in. But Leon Dreisaitl just did a chat with Darren Dreger a couple of days ago, and he says that obviously you can't replicate an NHL-style workout from your house when you don't even have a gym. So there's going to be some guys, like I'm looking at you, Phil Kessel, that's probably put on, uh, you know, Baker's gentleman here. 30? Yeah. <laughs> there was a there was a video of Joe Thornton, I think, a week or two ago, and he did not look like an NHL player in that. Are you talking video. about when he had his I don't, I don't think he ever did. Yeah, fair. Is it when his the beard, beard disappeared? disappeared yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. He looked pretty one. good. I didn't think he looked that bad. I stared at yeah, him for man, good 45 like, minutes before bed. How old is he? 40, 42, 103. I've never looked as good as he do, and I'm younger than him still. Joe Thornton turns 41 in July. Ah. Ah. Well, do you want to hear a funny story about Joe Thornton, Chalmers? Yes, always. My, my cousin lives in San Jose. And she's yeah. a massive Senators fan, like as, as hardcore as they come. And her kid goes to school with Joe Thornton's kid. Oh, and like, cool. n- what's that? Uh, cool. I like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And like nobody in California gives a shit, right? Like everybody in San Jose that cares is a Canadian transplant. Yeah. And so my cousin sees Joe Thornton at school and refuses to say anything to him and like stares at him during the Christmas concert creepily and shit, right? <laughs> and then she's like... <laughs> one day going to pick her kid up and there's a guy backing out of the door or something. And he backs right into her and she's like, Hey, what the hell? And the guy's like, Oh, I'm super sorry. And looks at her. She's like, that's okay. Joe Thornton and called him by his full name and then was oh, super God. embarrassed and then wouldn't get out of her car to pick her kid up after that. Really? Go shark. That's the end of that story. You can't be embarrassed about that. Shit, oh, people get hilarious. weird around celebrities, around yeah. NHLers. Never saw our kid again. Never saw our kid again. <laughs> just left. That was the end of that. Well, did you know? So we were talking. Remember how we were talking about greatest memories from when we were kids? Yeah. About hockey or whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. My sister reminded me of how I totally forgot about probably the greatest thing that ever happened in my life, and that was when I was eight years old. My mom was the assistant general manager at the golf course at the country club, and a lot of the Oilers were members there, and. uh she decided she was going to throw a barbecue one night and she was just, she was very like outgoing and she invited everybody. She was friends with everybody there. She invited Mark Messier and Craig McTavish and Steve Smith and a bunch of the other guys and straight up Craig McTavish and Mark Messier came to the barbecue. Wow. What? They came, they came to my house when I was eight years old. Yeah. And I was playing blackjack with him on his what? hand. That's how big, that's how big his hands were. Now, how on earth was, does your mom have the fucking hutzpah? To invite the Oilers over. So at that time, Wayne Gretzky had a, the Wayne Gretzky Golf Classic at the Country Club. It happened from 85 to 88. And my mom organized it with him. And like with, with the pro shop, like with the, the, the club pro there too. So she knew them. They, I mean, when you were a member there, you had to sign up as a member there. She did it all. She, so the first person you ever met when you went to that place was my mom. And she was basically like, she toured you around and she signed you up. And mm. you guys then, you know, every time you had to pay your bill, you came in there. And back then you were like paying it with like the MasterCard that you go back and forth on the machine. You put the, in the machine with like the little carbon copy thing and you back and forth it. And so, yeah. I remember I Chalmers, know. that's the first time I ever heard about you in my life was going through that sign up process with your mom. What? Yeah, yeah. And Why? I was like 14 or 15 coming to the course as a junior. 
And my mom yeah. like drove me in, right? And I got yeah. it in my head that I wanted to go out there. I can't even remember why. I played one year in Victoria and I was like, time to go pro. And the wow. next move is to go to a fancy <laughs> golf course, right? And in those yeah. days, junior memberships were still reasonable. And I delivered the examiner. And that's how I paid for it. And I remember oh, going out there and sitting in the sign-up process and my, insisting I sign everything myself. And your mom being like to my mom, like, no, no, we need an adult to sign. I'm like, no, you don't. I'm paying. And then uh, I, I remember asking her straight up, are there any other little kids here? <laughs> and she was yeah. like, yes, my son's about your age. I'm sure you'll run into him and his friends out here. They're very loud. That's what she said. And I was like, what a yeah. bunch of fucking losers. <laughs> Lo and behold, that's how Fast we met. Fast forward 26 years and we're on this podcast. Today. Well done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was fun. But your we mom is best friends with Wayne Gretzky and they came over and played blackjack with you as a child. And that's so well, non-monumental, you forgot the story. Yeah. It wasn't Wayne Gretzky. It wasn't Wayne Gretzky. My mom helped oh, Wayne Gretzky oh. with a golf tournament. Oh, I'm sorry. Craig, Craig McTavish and Mark Messe. And he pulled oh, I'm off sorry. funny because Just two my mom... Oilers captains were at your house playing blackjack with you, <laughs> I you fuck? I don't know how I forgot. I mean, it was cool. And my so I spent the dollar, like, immediately. I don't know. I was a dumb kid. Um, but I remember when my mom said that she was that he was coming, she, he called the house and was like, hey, sure, anything I can bring. And she said, no, just come on over. And he brought a bottle of Dom Perignon. Yes. And pulled up in his 911 black Targa or whatever. I think it was a Targa because it had it was a convertible. Who's this, Matt's doing this? Matt's yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Damn right. Black That's right, Captain. <laughs> Oh yeah. So and then my sister ended up babysitting for Craig McTavish. So and Kelly Buckberger. Man, if you were like ten years older, your sister could have married one of them. If I was ten years older, I'd have been going to Barry Cheese with them. Oh wow. Wouldn't that have been fun? And yeah, my sister my sister my sister was I don't know, she was she was young, but later on when she was like sixteen, uh, seventeen years old they would they were protective of her at that point. They wouldn't let any of the other players yeah, good. Gentlemen. Yeah, because McTavish always came back here in the summer. And he's, yeah. So. They were all gentlemen yeah, in those so days. I just saw a so photo that's... the other day on Facebook, and it was a bartender from the Grinder, which isn't what a Grinder is now. It was a bar back in the day. And he was <laughs> fucking holding the cup over his head in broad daylight. And he's like, yeah, yeah, the oil, your Oilers used to come in here and party after cup wins. And there's a photo of Kevin Lowe in the background walking around with like a thick windbreaker on. And I'm looking at this photo and I'm like, what time of day is this? Like it's the middle of the day or it's the beginning of the day and it's fine. <laughs> Either God, they or. Lived a life. They did live a life. No cameras in sight, no social media in sight. Mm. And like what they were wearing was like super cool. Even though, like I told you guys when I watched the back boys on the bus recently when that guy dropped the DVDs off. They look ridiculous, and they're like the <laughs> coolest of the cool. <laughs> and they, they like it's almost like they just didn't give a shit. They're wearing like the worst trench coats, like that you would dress up as like a pedophile and like for Halloween. If you, <laughs> that's the kind of trench coat you would wear. Charles, this gets back to my theory. Maybe you maybe you can weigh in on this. People get yeah. better looking every decade. Like uh, if you took the average fashion, game, just overall, like we we look at ourselves more. We have cosmetic surgery, the fashion industry, like the, the styles might change. But like, if you look at the average person, how horrific looking they were 30 years ago, I think they're getting better with time because people put more effort. I, I absolutely agree. And people putting more effort in, but I uh, don't want to know my theory on this. Go on, go on. Do go on. It's a podcast. 
attractive people are more likely to have sex, correct? I would hope. <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> wow. Allegedly, in your opinion. Do you so what you think the with ugly people are dying off because they're not fucking? <laughs> I didn't That's say that. That's conclusion? <laughs> no. I'm just saying that, like, maybe they... Maybe they have more let more trouble finding their soulmate. And then maybe they have more let more maybe they have less time to have kids. I'm gonna and go ahead and say time, that is not oh, a th- So ugly people have no souls is what you think. No. That's what you're saying. No, I said. With twelve I'm listeners listening. No, but here's you're listen, not ugly I'm as not, fuck we talking about. I'm just I'm not I was just trying to do that thing where I like to flex from Yeah, yeah maybe yeah, that's your M Chuck. Your M Chuck. Yeah. Help. You need me to steer this conversation Help? back to something that's What's not. What's going on? Sean, <laughs> we're just talking about his look. Yeah, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we shouldn't. Uh, you want to hit us with an ad? You're Now's the time. I do want to hit you with an ad. I want to let you know that all the people who work at Japa Machinery are beautiful people. And I yeah. promise we just you, let Chalmers paint himself into a corner, and Japa's going to dig him out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there yeah. you go. That's a good line. Um, Thank you. The folks at Japa are so good looking that there will be generations and generations of Japa employees uh, to come. Listen to me, you son of a bitch. My sister's married to one of the people at Japa. And if you're saying she's going to have a bunch of sex and ergo kids, you can stop that ad right there. I'm going to continue the ad and, and just go to the point that uh, Japa has been doing some great work to give back to the community. We love our friends over at Japa. Go check them out. Japa Machinery Group, JapaEquipment.com. We're always tagging them on the socials as well. So if you follow us on Instagram, make sure you go follow <laughs> Japa as well. They might not be here next week after that awful ad read. So thanks for the uh, setup. Japa earmuffs. And from uh, our friends at Well Inspired Travels, uh, it's not selfish to love yourself. So if you are a horrible looking person, maybe consider loving yourself. <laughs> Let me oh. tell you about ads. I was watching an old Joe Rogan the other day. And he was presented without irony by the fleshlight. And him and his two guys on the podcast, it was about episode like 80. They legitimately <laughs> sat there for five minutes talking about fleshlight. What do you mean and you're was, watching it? You can watch you it on YouTube. It. Oh, you can? Yeah. Oh. The early ones don't have video, but they're pretty hilarious because they're crappy. And how did they break down the fleshlight? Did they actually say they'd used it? Yeah. Come on. They're like, we all got them, and this is what it's like. And the one guy's like, oh, it wasn't that bad at all. And I was like, wow, we're not nearly as bad as this. Well, maybe we I should had a buddy who got one. We should sit here and talk about the different construction equipment that Japa has and all the heavy-duty equipment <laughs> that they offer. Talk about how much we use that. Maybe they need to send us some. I had a buddy who had a flashlight, and he put it in the dishwasher. Oh. That's awful. It melted. <laughs> yeah, didn't you straight warm up, it up? It straight melted. I just couldn't – I couldn't – see any scenario less degrading on your own self than when you have to clean that baby out. <laughs> you put it in the dishwasher. You set your house on fire and walk away. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Yeah. It's like it's like when Joe Thornton backs into you and you Hi Joe by, Thornton. Yeah. Look at my flashlight. Can you imagine if you just wore your flashlight around in public as a fashion accessory? Like as a necklace? <laughs> yeah, it's like a bikini for your dink. Like you can barely see anything. All right. Chalmers, thoughts? Okay. Ugly people don't no, have I'm not giving any you? more thoughts. You're I'm giving my last thoughts, so no. I'm scared now. A pet store sent me 
a pet store sent me a, a foot cleaner for dogs that looks like a uh, flashlight. Oh, there you go. Oh, God. Your M-Chalk. <laughs> do you want me to do the thing what now? The no, no. We'll bring it around. Don't one sec. One sec. I, can, I forgot I have this power. I can just mute everyone and give it like a hard, like you're restarting a computer. You hold the mute button for five seconds, and then I come back, and everyone's nice and quiet. When you don't intervene, <laughs> this is where it goes. I this tried is the show. Uh, You're asking me to give like one. natural segues to talk about fleshlights Not and traumas. Not even natural. Forced <laughs> intervention. Force majeure. Okay. On Mondays, we <laughs> like to take, force majeure is. We like What's to take that, questions from the listeners. Oh. And we got this one. It ties in nicely. It's from Surveyor Brett. Ties in nicely to the talk we were having <laughs> oh, earlier about. Do we only have one listener for crying out loud? We have 12 <laughs> listeners, you fool. Listen to the early thing. <laughs> Surveyor Brett was given uh, a set of rules <laughs> that men's league hockey leagues would have to uh, would have to abide by if they wanted to start up their league again. So I want Chalmers and Jay, I want to get your guys' take on this because I know you guys play men's league. Um <laughs> So the rules would be, players would be asked to home dress as much as possible. You could arrive. Oh, yeah. Giddy up. You would be asked to arrive no more than 15 minutes before your game. There would be two two dressing rooms per team to allow for maximum distancing between players. You would not be allowed allowed to shower after the game. You would have to be out of your locker room within 15 minutes. And uh, there'd be 45 minutes between games, so rink attendants can sterilize uh, the whole arena. Refs would have masks and electronic whistles as well. Um, Chalmers, Jay, if those were kind of the rules set up to go play beer league hockey again, like no beers in the room after, you get in, you play your hockey, you go home. Would you still do it? So there's oxymorons all over the place there, contradicting points. You're going to space this out in two dressing rooms but then cram us together on the bench. Yeah, I guess. So why don't we just skip the step and just say back to one dressing room. If we're already crammed on the bench. We may as well. Like, uh, so I get, yeah. I want to play hockey. I fucking miss playing hockey, but there's also elements around playing yeah, hockey. I also enjoy. Why do you miss? Why do you miss playing hockey? I only miss playing hockey for two reasons. Number one. Well, that's what I was getting to before you rudely interrupted me. <laughs> you good-looking motherfucker. Let the ugly people, so the ugly people speak. <laughs> is it's it's I miss playing hockey, but I it's the it's the after-game beers and banter. You know, when you've got the opposing the the, the next game knocking on your dressing room door, begging for you to leave, but you refuse because you're having too much fun in the room with your buddies, um, which is a huge element of it. Cause it, it, that's for me, that's, that's, that's where I, that's like the only time most for the most part where I see my, like my friends. So, uh, yeah, it would be tough. It would be tough. Oh, hundred percent. I like literally before the game and after the game are the only two things I really like about the hockey. Sure. I like getting a little bit of exercise, but the actual hockey, like, Man, I played a lot of hockey in my life. I could give or take the feeling of scoring a goal or, you know, I still like winning. I still like winning championships if we ever do that again. But, like, it, the seeing my friends, the connection, like, once or twice a week. And so if they totally limit all that and I'm just going there to play hockey uh, and I have to drive there in my 
half gear. I, I think the half gear is a non-starter for me. Oh, and there'd the be guys showing up. Oh my god, there's be guys showing up and fucking with their skates and skate guards guaranteed dressing in the parking lot. They'd be scared. Yeah, no, I I don't think I would go back. They offered at the at the place that we play the league. They put out two scenarios and they said, "Would you would you want this one or this one?" And everybody, I think, voted to the like. Just don't even start the season. Nobody's coming. Like, there's no way that you guys yeah. can do this. Like, what's the point? Yeah, so, the league yeah. I play in offered us you could play in a one or in a single elimination summer tournament, or they'll give you seven hundred and fifty dollars. And I was like. That's that's an absolute no-brainer. Like, t- give me the cash. Um, yeah. We've got some other questions here. And actually, I liked this one on Instagram, but I'm changing it a little bit. Uh, let me just find the name. G. Crispy on Instagram. He wanted to know who your favorite... He asked favorite goalie from the Decade of Darkness, but I'm opening up the question. Going back to the Decade of Darkness, all those years where you would have random fringe guys coming in and out of the Oilers, is there one no-name player from the Decade of Darkness that sticks in your brain that you go to and you're like, man, I loved that guy, even though he was terrible, even though the Oilers were terrible while he was here, but he kind of sticks in your brain. Bag milk, I'll go to you first on this one. Ryan Jones. I loved Ryan yeah. Jones. He had a couple of like 18 goal seasons back-to-back or whatever, and then he hurt his eye or something happened to him. And he just kind of went away. But for there was a couple of years ago, I loved me some Ryan Jones. Still a pretty popular jersey, too, around Rogers Place. Wanye, you said uh, before we started recording that you had a good answer for this one. Yeah, for sure. So, Chalmers, you think ugly people haven't been having sex for generations <laughs> and they die <laughs> widows, like no sexual partners? Is that what you think? That's, that's not the moral of my story. You misread me. You mis- misheard me. Communicated uh, that point. Favorite random oiler who will have a hot spot in my heart forever is Neil Yakupov, man. I love Neil Yakupov. I think with a proper environment, I think he'd still be in the NHL. Skull recently traded him. To whom? Uh, a team I've never heard of in the KHL, but they're in Moscow. They're I think like the way that like you, Jay, feel about Yeti is how I feel about Nail. Mm. He's your foreign fella that just couldn't quite find his way. I love Neil Yakupov. Remember how he bought that guy like dinner or something when he was homeless? What a guy. Did you no. see the video of Yessi Puyuyarvi playing like street hockey? And you're like, oh, he's wearing an Oilers toque. But then he's also wearing like a Pittsburgh Penguins hoodie. Yep, I saw that too. Yeah. He still runs as Oilers shaving kit. <laughs> I've, hey, man, my I've, I've got, I've got, I've got spies in Finland, and uh, they're in dress room at charity game, and he had his Oilers shaving kit in his stall. Pandemic, man, you can't be spending money on a new shaving kit. Well, this is pre-pandemic. I will, I will not name names, and the story might fall down. But I remember a friend of ours who played professional hockey telling me a story about the team he played for making a big trade in the off season, and the guy wheeled in wearing gear from the other team. And they were like, "Dude, you have to take that shit off. Like, you're going to be on camera and stuff." He's like, "Yeah, yeah, right, right." And then, like, the next day wore a different jacket in of his old team. And they're like, stop wearing it. And they realized that was basically all the clothes he had was a senior. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Jay, do you have That's an answer? Jay, do you have an answer to the <laughs> random oiler from the Decade of Darkness that you love? Uh, I've got kind of two. Um, one who he, he had it because the one, the one guy had a shelf life. So he would, he would just kill it in preseason. 
And then in Kill It, I mean, like, he'd get some points, but he'd run around and rock yep. him, And then he would come play, like, 10 games uh, or, or 6 to 10 games into the season of playing that style. And then he would just wear out and turn into a piece of shit. But then restart the next season before, until we let him go. And that was Yessi Oensu. Fuck, I oh, Uncle Yessi. I loved, I loved, like, I just, I'm like, I'm like, this, this is great. This is the type of guy we need. And, like, he would play so physical. And then he just had a shelf life on playing like that. And then his body would just fail on him. And then he'd have to rebuild himself up for the start of the next season. And then it was rinse and repeat. And I'm like, oh, this guy could do this for 82 games straight. He'd be just fantastic. He is now playing with uh, Jokerik Helsinki in the cage show. I'm aware. I watched him in St. Petersburg. Still, I'm still, I'm still chasing him around. Was uh, he injured or was he producing? Um, well, he was playing in in St. Petersburg. So the St. Petersburg, uh, so Ska and Jokerit owned by the same owner. And the unwritten rule is Jokerit never wins in St. Petersburg. <laughs> but I challenged it, and I bet that game. I bet Jokerit to win at like six to one, and uh, the odds makers were right. Uh, my second one, and it's because I wish it went better because fucking we signed him. I was excited with Sheldon Surrey. Ooh. Uh, like well just, I love like fit big because he, he was a scary guy and he had a fucking cannon. And as a defenseman, uh, like me as a defenseman, that just resonated with me. So I loved the uh, whole idea of him. Um, and there was glimpses here and there yeah. of, of what he was. Um, so Sheldon Surrey for me. I remember when Sheldon Surrey came, I was like, this is a whole new chapter of the Oilers. And Sheldon Surrey is going to lead the charge. Yeah. That was a big deal because, like, he was, like, the year before, or the two years, like, leading up before he came here, like, he was on, like, he was putting up points and putting fucking guys in their faces. Yeah. We needed a defensive, like, output. And he came with that shot, and I remember it was a big fucking deal. Local guy. And also, I get excited. (laughs) And also, they had that. Uh, if you remember that hilarious photo of Surrey, Cogliano, and Morrow naked in the dressing room. Do I remember that photo? Mm-hmm. I had it painted on the roof of Wanye Manor, like the fucking Sistine Chapel. <laughs> he actually had like Surrey scored twenty six goals the year before he came here. Got hurt that first season, but then the second season with the Oilers, man, he put up fifty three points. Like he had a hell of a year. Yeah. So for a guy who wasn't here very long, he had that one successful, uh, that one successful. It was season. a glimmer, yeah. He was a glimmer of hope during the decade of darkness, and just kind of ended the yeah. shit because whatever you hear, you, you hear conflicting stories about him hurting himself, being forced back, blah blah blah. blah. Like it could have maybe ended better, but who knows? If it didn't, if it if it ended better, maybe we don't have Connor. So I'm just gonna always end with that caveat. Sending Sheldon Surrey down and burying him in the minors was such a oh. waste of resources. Oh, touch of class, wasn't it? And who was he down there with? Wasn't he with somebody else? He was, he went, he was he loaned. Went, yeah, he was loaned he to, the Hershey loaned to Hershey Bears. And wasn't he playing with another $5 million man or some crazy shit? There oh, Wade Redden would have been there. Yeah, Maybe. and between them, yes, that's what it was. Yeah. They Good made job. more than like the entire American Hockey League, just the two of them. Yeah. That's got to be weird. Like, when you're down in the American, who, who, there was one player that played out a huge contract in the A and was making like millions for years. Wade now. Redden was making like six and a half million dollars playing in the American League for like two and a half seasons. That's what that's, yeah. And Di Pietro. Yeah. <laughs> didn't, Bob, didn't Bobby Bonilla play in the HL too? Bobby Bonilla? 
Good one. Thank Warmer you. Warmer mesh? Don't listen to him. Chalmers, uh, do you have an answer? drop an inside joke Bobby, on a podcast. Bobby Mania is a basketball, is a baseball player who retired 12 years ago and still gets paid a million dollars a year in a, in a contract that he negotiated. And he still will now? be for a while, yeah. 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 You never and heard this story, one yet? No. negotiation of all time. What? So basically, what? Bobby Bonilla signed this massive deal with the New York Mets, and then it like fell apart. In what year? Uh, this would have been, I'm pulling up the exact dates right now. Um, he Before last, the strike that cost the year after. He last took to the field in 2001. And uh, when they cut up his contract, he basically negotiated that he would get $1.2 million every year until 2035 as a way for the Mets to like afford to pay out the rest of it. Wow. If every awesome. player did that, they'd be... Hell of a life. pension. Hell yeah. of a oh, pension. Yeah. That's actually genius. It's yeah. genius. Yeah. He was Barry Bonds' right-hand man. Okay, they the were la- like... Sorry. Go ahead, sorry. No, I was just going to no, say the, okay. the last topic I... Uh... <laughs> no, you go first. So you go. You hang up. Uh, The power of a FaceTime podcast. Yeah, I was going to say, we've been starting to build up some momentum and start to really get the hang of these podcasts. Today has just been a shit show of us talking over each other. I feel bad for the listener. There are Um, no listeners. The last question for today, uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw, I know you did Bag Milk, but Jerry Stiller passed away. He played the role, was most famous for the role of Frank Costanza on Seinfeld. I'm not sure if you guys were big Seinfeld fans. I was. I fucking love that show. I've seen it. Like, it's on Crave, so I usually just watch it front to back, and I've done it, I think, three times now. Um, As far as, like, complimentary characters in a TV show, he's one of the best ever. Like, the banter between he and George and all that, it's perfect. But I want to know, is he the best complimentary character in TV history, or is there someone else that jumps to your mind, someone else on a sitcom or a TV show who isn't a main character, he isn't there every single episode, but you just love seeing him. Oh, that's that's a tough one. I was trying to like go through like the great shows of time, and it's like, okay, who was that in Friends? And I'm like, the only thing I can think of is Putty. Yeah, Putty's good. Or else, but I like, mean, the he, he 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 didn't have the staying power that uh, George's dad did in terms of yeah. frequency. But like when he came on, he was legendary. But as for, like, somebody who's on the show throughout its life, like, Gunther was always funny when he came on. That one line that he would say was always a good one uh, in the coffee shop and friends. Um, but, like, the best ever? Man, oh, man. Uh, I was trying to think. Like, name some shows. Like I know I'm a guy who's like, my favorite. Monty Burns. Okay. Yeah, I was going to oh, say, yeah. Simpsons has, the Simpsons has some great auxiliary. Yeah, they have. Oh, yes, they do. When Mr. Burns, when there's episodes of Mr. Burns from like back in the day, like olden days, Mr. Burns, that's some of the funniest shit of all time in my mind. On the office, you would have, uh, on the office, you would maybe have like Todd Packer in the early seasons had some good moments. I was Rob Corgi, I was thinking about that guy, yeah. And uh, he's never in it for more than like a minute at a time, but when you get a good Creed moment in the office, like every time he's on (laughs) camera, you're fucking laughing. Yep. Did you see what John Krasinski did yesterday, the other day? I did he, see that. On Some Good News, he does this once a week, Some Good News segment where he's just trying to bring up lifting and fun stories. Um, well, he was talking about the amount of people that had to cancel their weddings, basically. So he was going to do a virtual wedding for some people. And um, 
so what he did was during the during the virtual wedding, he brought in Pam first. But then when he got the thing started, he brought in the whole cast of the office, and they played the song. If you remember the episode in the office where Pam and Jim finally get married at the very end, they have a long dance sequence to the Chris Brown song. Uh, I don't even remember what it's called, but it's like I've been waiting my whole life for this one night. And oh, yeah. they all do the dance on for all these people. Like, it was cool over a Zoom call. Like, fuck, John Krasinski's probably the nicest guy in the world, eh, right now? Oh. <laughs> 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 rankings? Nicest guy in the world oh, yeah. rankings? John Ham number two. The Hamaconda? <laughs> just guys named John. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just guys named John, period, yeah. Shut up, Stan. Man, that question, I guarantee there's somebody <laughs> out there. Where you, where you basically like are watching a show, and when that person comes on, you know it immediately is going to be good. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine recently. Just hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. That's a good show, though. Who just sneezed? I did. You are on a podcast with eight listeners, <laughs> and you well, can't fucking coordinate not sneezing directly oh into your mic God. during a pandemic. I'm we sitting in my car. How can I not? I, I, I put my face in my shirt. <laughs> Brooklyn Nine-Nine is hilarious Yeah, go on about Brooklyn Nine-Nine I love that show When you're watching Brooklyn Nine-Nine And you get a Doug Judy episode You know it's going to be golden Oh yeah <laughs> He's a good one Like out of the recent shows He might be one of the best Yeah Who's the actor that plays him? I've never seen that show uh, Craig Robinson I think is his name, right? He was also in The Office oh. Yeah, yeah I love Liz Lemon's boyfriend uh, On uh, uh, 30 Rock Oh, the vulture in real the, in uh, the Pager Yeah, he's good yeah, too. Pager King. He's funny. All right, guys. I had I, I had I wanted to bring this up because uh, was in uh, Entourage Johnny Drama. He wasn't the main character. Yeah, but he but it's not like he was funny. He would just always make me feel uncomfortable. But he did such a good job of it whenever he spoke. Victory. My sleeper favorite TV character in a comedy is Ehrlich Bachman on Silicon Valley. Oh, that guy, when he gets revved up in that show, like I've watched some of those episodes three or four times and I'll catch shit and it's still so funny. Oh, yeah, I agree. I'm a big Is fan of uh, Randy. Sorry. Sorry, no, go ahead. No, no, I'm done. I'm a big fan of Randy Marsh on South Park. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime Randy shows up in an episode, he's the best. Like there was one specifically where he is... Uh, the punchline is he is Lord, the singer, and he goes oh, through God. making process of singing Lord songs. It's, he's the fucking best. <laughs> Buddy, I've watched that scene on YouTube to the point where I, it's hard to find it, but like, I watch it. It is so good. I've watched it over a hundred times, and it just shows he's like, like his son doesn't believe that he's Lord. He's like, so I just literally like film things I say in the bathroom, and then he plays the recording. He's like, yeah, yeah, getting drunk on a Wednesday. And then, and then, and then I was like, and then all they do is I just turn on the uh, fader here, and then, and then all of a sudden the beat kicks in, and he's like, and then I just change my voice to uh, Lord. And he turns it over, and it's like exactly the song. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Sanja's face, and it is man, it's such a well-made scene. Can you drop that in the in the article bag, though, if you can find it? You know, I can. Uh, That's uh, one of my favorite scenes too. It's my favorite. Uh, it's so good. I've got another one, and it's Canadiana. What? Oh, I know where you're going. I know where you're going to this. J-Rock. Yes. Uh, From uh, oh, yeah. Well done. That's a good pull. That is good because you know what? He was 
really good when he was when he whenever when the show he, when came, he came on. Like, yeah, he'd come you know on what? and out, say a maybe, few lines. You're like, yeah. what? <laughs> maybe it's yeah. time to uh, rewatch Trailer Park Boys for a laugh. That might not be a bad way to kill some quarantine time. That show is so fucking funny. And the good thing is, is that it like holds up because of the fact that that kind of like it'll always look the same. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you go back though, to the early ones, I watched a clip of one the other day and from an early season, they look way older now, obviously. Everybody. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, that's They've been living some hard yards. Speaking about yeah. quarantine television, I finished Ozark last night. Oh. Holy fuck. What Have a great we all show. watched it? Have we all finished it now? I have not watched it. I haven't it. finished it. Oh. Well, I'm about spoil it. I'm about five episodes into the third season, and I oh. love that show. I should. I that. only meant to watch one episode last night, and I cracked out to three, uh, and stayed up late, and that fucked to that end with a bang. It's one I of those. Uh, oh yeah, it's one of those episodes where you sit and you're watching the credits, and you're just like looking at the screen, and you're like trying to figure out if what you just saw is exactly what you just saw, and yeah, you have I, to like. I rewound it. I had to. I was like, I, I so did I. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. did I. <laughs> yeah. Oh. I watched, I was even just... to the point where I like, I watched it in, like slow mo. Like you can, I can slow mo my TV down. Oh. Those good. last two episodes were just so emotionally intense. Yeah. I can't wait. Oh, does that mean the last dance is up today too? It's Monday. Yeah. Last yeah. Dance is... That's, yeah. Is that the last episode? No, there's four more. Two this week. Two next week. <laughs> So then week, I'll watch they, it. Yeah, I think this week they get into um, into some intense intensities with his teammates, and now he started to get really hard on. That's what I've heard, especially a guy named Scott Burrell. We'll get into some it on these... Thursday because it's starting to get a little bit of negative backlash, actually. But we'll dig into that at a later date. Okay, some of well, these gambling the stories that are going around about Michael Jordan on on Twitter just as this has gone on. Which, like, what do you mean, for example? So there's one that I'm going to fuck up the paper. It was like the Atlantic or the Guardian or something. Some guy told a story about golfing with Michael Jordan the day of a playoff game for the Bulls. Yeah. And yeah. they went up and they did like a $20,000 round. Uh, that's how much Michael Jordan was down after their first round of the day. And they started at like 6 a.m. or something like that. So he was pissed off and lost a bunch of money. So he says, no, no, we're going to do a second 18. So they were drinking <laughs> beers and betting huge money. And he was down tens of thousands of dollars. So the guy jokingly says, you're playing a game tonight. We've been drinking Coors Lights all day. What are you going to do? I'm going to go ahead and bet all my money on the other team. And Jordan says, I'll bet you that I get at least 40 points and we win by 20. And then he goes out and pulls off one of the incredible Jordan-esque 45-point games and they end up with a big win or something. And he was After, drunk? He had done two rounds of golf, so 36 holes, plus drank about 10 beers, so say is this story. Like, I love wow. this kind of shit coming out. Yeah, That guy just did. needs, he just needs an edge or adversity. Yeah. Because fuck, does that guy, like, all the stories aside, that guy was a fucking competitor. Holy shit. So, like, uh, Wanye, I know Yo. you love the biz. I know you love the business side of sports. So you're damn I right, son. If you want to find out some interesting stuff, because I will basically do some research and let me know these answers, because I would really be curious to find out. But I've heard that Air Jordans are basically out of stock now online. You cannot get them. They're having their like research, like their their second life, basically. Like all these different shoes, 
They started to a little bit when Justin Timberlake wore them on the Super Bowl halftime show two years ago or a year and a half ago. And uh, like sales spiked of that certain Jordan shoe. And so they started to like, they put out a couple models, but like they never put out like the Jordan ones, you know, and which is like the famous shoe from the third or fourth episode where his feet are bleeding. But he was like, it was the first shoe he ever worn in, in Madison Square Garden. And he wanted to make sure it was the last shoe he ever wore in Madison Square Garden. So he wore these shoes that were super old and they just like, they made his feet bleed. But um, I'd like, like, this is the longest Nike commercial I've ever seen, basically. Yeah. Like Nike's, Nike's getting so much. Oh, it's because of the documentary they've sold out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, there's even a hilarious part. There's a hilarious part early, like in one of the earlier episodes, where they talk about him signing that deal with Nike. And then Nike, they're, and I'm going to fuck up the numbers, but their hope was like, we hope by the end of the year, we're going to sell like $4 million in shoes or something like that. And then oh, it yeah. erupted to like $150 million. Yeah, it was 132 or something like that. Yeah. And basically, they were just like, we just hope that he sells a few fucking, like, few shoes. And sold so goddamn many. It's, I love that part of it. Like, the basketball's cool. The fact that he was a killer, that's cool. But not signing with Adidas, signing with them instead. This is fascinating. Have you uh, read Shoe Dog, Chalmers? What's that? Have you read Shoe Dog? Uh, no, I have it on Audible, waiting to listen to. You should Great rock book. that, buddy. You'd love it. If you like that those kind of stories, the stories of Nike's early days are insane. Oh, the swing. It's, it's the Phil so Knight good. book, right? Like, it, this yeah. is the Phil Knight book? Yeah. Yeah, that's the one I have in Audible. I think it's really good. Like, the story of that book obviously intersects with Jordan and how this, the company was in really dire straits, and then they bet big on Michael Jordan. Yeah. It's cool. Crazy. And then they bought, and then they ended up, they were losing, like, apparently Converse at the time had, like, the top 10 uh, basketball players in the league. And yeah. Michael Jordan, would was if he signed with Converse, they would, they said that you don't just jump to the front of the line. You were behind all the rest of them. Every single person had a commercial. So we didn't sign with Converse. But I believe, I went shopping, I went on Nike.com last night just because I like looking at stuff on there. And they have a, con like, they own Converse now. Okay? Like, really? You showed yeah, them. Yeah, man. It's, it's cool. Little bitches, it. eh? Little bitches. Little bitch convert trying to lip us off. Woo, yeah. bitch. The other, the other thing, if you guys want to, if you want to watch this tonight, think about how much they talk about his family. It's like zero. Yeah. <laughs> I don't understand. I like they Michael Jordan's family. They talk about his mom. Well, yeah, they introduce you to his mom and his dad, but they yeah. don't ever talk about stuff that happened at his house or like happened oh. in his life. Or no. you don't meet his wives. You don't meet his <laughs> ex-wife. You don't meet his current wife if he's you just don't know anything about them. Well, probably his all. demand. Probably. Keep that shit private. We'll it's great to Randy on Jackson. Oh. You're right, Chuck. I want to plant a seed for Thursday. I wanted to I wanted to talk and share about the uh, the the current uh, war I'm having in uh, the alley behind my house. Okay. <laughs> so is that our teaser <laughs> for Thursday? Yeah, do we have to tease it? Now I'm curious. What the hell's happening we in the back of your house? Yeah, why don't you just tell us what's happening? Well, you stay tuned to Real Life on Thursday, Chalmers, and you'll find out, buddy. <laughs> wow. I'll I like it. that. All right. Yeah, Big like shout that. out to uh, Japa Machinery. I'll, I'll add one more. I'll add oh. one more layer to it. <laughs> it also involved us recording, <laughs> recording the events of what goes down behind our house last night. And I, so I'll be sharing some of the findings of that. Oh, God. 
<laughs> I'm very it intrigued. Is wild. Gross. All right. Big shout out to Japa Machinery. As always, they're our fantastic sponsor. Thanks to you guys for uh, giving us an hour today. And thanks for tuning in. We'll be back on Thursday where Jay will tell us an alley story, I guess. Episode 179 of the podcast is <laughs> over. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the real life podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.